Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 1 through 6. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the clans of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when watchmen will call in the hill country of Ephraim, Arise, and let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. Our epistle reading today is from the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If then... You have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Finally, our Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Rabboni. Which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my 
my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. My mom is a retired school teacher. She taught kindergarten and early intervention preschool for many years. And when I was growing up, walking through the grocery store or the shopping mall with her was always a strange experience. And not just because my mom is strange, but because she knew everybody in town. Often her students wouldn't even recognize her when they saw her. She would say, hi, Brittany. And little Brittany would just stare at her wide-eyed as she sort of shrank back behind her mom's leg. And the mom would have to say, Brittany, it's Mrs. Clark from school, your teacher. And suddenly a light would go on behind little Brittany's eyes as she realized that my mom did not live at the school with the other teachers. Her students didn't fail to recognize her because they weren't observant or because they didn't know my mom very well. They spent many hours a week with her. But they spent many hours a week with her in a completely different context than the cereal aisle at Giant Eagle. And we do that as adults sometimes, too. It's maybe not so extreme, but we see someone dressed up for a fancy event and do a double take because they don't quite look like themselves. This morning I preached at a sunrise service a half mile from my house, and quite a few people gave me a funny look because they recognized me, but they couldn't figure out who I was because I wasn't walking my dog or running around the observatory. Maybe you've run into a coworker in their street clothes and you had to think really hard to come up with the name of a person you spend 40 hours a week with because they weren't dressed business casual. So when you think about it, it's easy to see how Mary might not have recognized Jesus at the tomb. This was an even bigger disconnect than business casual versus sweatpants or a schoolroom versus Kohl's. And at least when you run into your coworkers, when you're herding your kids at the zoo on a Saturday, the last time you saw them, they were alive. I hope you're not running into dead coworkers at the zoo. Because she was a woman, which made her a member of a lower class in her time, Mary was not officially a disciple of Jesus. But don't let that fool you. She didn't just sort of know him. She wasn't just on the fringes of his collection of people. She was one of his most devoted followers. She heard him say he would rise again on the third day. She believed him when he said he was the son of God, the long-awaited Messiah. And so here she is. She's the first one at the tomb as soon as it's light enough to be safe to leave the city after the Sabbath. She knows this is the third day. She knows painfully well what day this is. She just had to wait through the entire Sabbath before she could come to the tomb to begin the grieving rituals. She sees the tomb open wide. No body, 
just the cloths that had wrapped Jesus' body, folded neatly on the bench inside. And she freaks out. But she doesn't freak out like we, reading this 2,000 years later, would expect. She doesn't say, oh my goodness, he really did it. She says, they took him, and I don't know where they put the body. So she goes and she gets Peter and the other disciple, who's probably John, and they run back. They check out the tomb, and they say, yeah, he's gone, all right. And then they leave poor Mary there at the tomb. But she's apparently not alone, because a pair of angels pop out and ask her why she's weeping. Her desperate reply again, they took my Lord and I don't know where they put him. In spite of everything Jesus said about who he was and what he was going to do, Mary still fails to understand what has happened. But then she turns and she sees Jesus standing there and we think, here's the moment. Now she's going to realize it's him. And supposing he was the gardener, that line kills me every single time. Think about it. Here is the Lord of creation standing in front of her, having just risen from the grave, and he is so out of context and so unexpected that she thinks he's the gardener. Just like a child having to be reminded that their teacher actually does go places other than the school, Mary has to be sort of startled into realizing what's happening. Something that we miss when we read this in our English translations instead of the Greek is the way that Jesus uses Mary's name in this passage. I don't know why, but the English translations all use the same form of Mary's name throughout the entire passage. But in the Greek, until Jesus shows up, the author has been using the Greek version of her name, Maria. But that's not what Jesus calls her when he appears. He uses the Hebrew version of her name, Miriam. He speaks her native language. He speaks the language she didn't expect in that moment. And somehow, in this use of her Hebrew name, Jesus rattles Miriam out of her shock and grief. And she is so surprised, she seems to forget how to even use Greek, because she then replies to him in the Aramaic version of Hebrew, Rabboni, my teacher. She has a visceral gut reaction when she realizes who he is. She doesn't fully recognize him yet as the risen Messiah. She still calls him teacher, but she does recognize him, and she responds. Her faith is there, and she replies to him, even when she's shocked and confused and still trying to figure it all out. She doesn't wait until she has all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed. She doesn't stop and ask Jesus a million questions. She doesn't ask what's in it for her or what will people think or how relevant is this to the culture. She doesn't tell Jesus she'll get around to it when she's less busy or less tired. She just goes. She trusts that it really is Jesus. She heard him say her name. She knows it's him, and she goes out into the fray to tell the disciples she found him. 
It is so easy for us to miss Jesus in the world around us. Especially if we're looking through the news lately, it can seem like God is nowhere to be found. We come to church looking for him, but often miss his presence in the bread and the wine, in the scriptures, in the faces of our church family. And then we continue to not see him when we walk out the doors. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells his followers that someday people will ask, when did we see you and not respond? And Jesus says that they didn't see him in the faces of those who needed food, clothing, shelter, or simply a friend. We walk past the hungry, the cold, and the lonely every day, and we often fail to hear Jesus calling to us in their voice, in their language. We fail to see him reflected in their faces. Then we turn around and come to church wondering why we don't see Jesus out there in the world. Maybe some of you are feeling that particular way today. In churches all around the country, all around the world today, not just this one, but everywhere, there are a lot of people who don't often make it to church. And I'm not saying that to condemn or snipe anyone. It's just an observation. I'm up here every week, and so it's an occupational hazard that I see these things. Your church attendance is between you and God. It's not my business. But I wonder for how many people that is because Jesus just seems to be gone. God has left the building. And maybe, just maybe, on a day where we celebrate Jesus coming back from the dead, something wonderful and miraculous might happen here. Of all the days to see Jesus in the world around us, this seems like the most logical one to assume that we will. So we come to see what all the fuss is about. If you miss him today, will you keep looking tomorrow as Mary did? Because, friends, God does call us, just not in the ways that we think he might. We have to stop looking for a dead God in an empty tomb. We have to turn around and respond to him calling us by name. Just when we are the most desperate, weeping by where we expected God to be, saying God is gone and I don't know where to find him, we have to remember that we are not alone. We just need to turn around and recognize that God was there all along. We just mistook him for someone else. Not a ghost, not a figment, not speaking the cultural language we're used to hearing, not calling us by the unhealthy earthly names we're used to being called, names like less than, lower, unworthy, but by our real, God-given names, beloved, chosen, unique, precious, standing right there behind us the whole time, standing there whether or not we have all the answers in place, all the questions figured out, standing there whether we're on our best behavior or our worst. We do not have to understand everything that is happening to have faith. We don't have to nail down all the rules perfectly. The Christian walk is not about knowing something without ever misunderstanding. It's not about knowing something without missing information. It's not about never wondering what if. At the end of our passage, we see that one of the disciples sees Jesus and believes, and then it immediately turns around and says that they still didn't understand yet. If we rely too heavily on our sight, 
we might, like Mary did, mistake him for someone or something else. So if in all your searching you're not finding Jesus, perhaps it's time to stop looking in empty tombs. Turn and appreciate the beauty of the world around you today. Look at the incredible, unique, and beloved people sitting next to you right now. God is here in this place, reflected in their faces, speaking through their voices. We do not worship an absentee God. We do not worship a God on a cross or in a tomb. And we certainly do not worship alone. Today is the day, this Easter morning, on which we stop sitting helplessly by the cross or the empty tomb and we turn to the one calling our name and we go into the world to tell others the good news, that we are not alone, that God has plans for each and every one of us, even, and in fact, especially those who are the least likely, like Mary. So expect Jesus to show up in weird and unexpected ways. Expect Jesus to call you in absurd and exciting ways. And then run and tell the unexpected news that Jesus Christ is risen. Amen.